the Orange and Black Soccer Cast has joined forces with many other soccer podcasts, many of them focusing on the USL. We're now part of the beautiful game network, bgn.fm. You're listening to the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. As we are underway from the Champion Soccer Stadium, first time into the box, it's a great ball, and it bolts in! Oh, it's a world-class goal from Orange County! Chablo, Chablo will have a go off the deflection, and it finds its way in. Selmo shooting from the corner, he put it in! And there will be no second opportunity as Andre Rawls shuts it down. This ball finds the top left corner, and Orange County has struck again. Past Hashimoto, Segbert shooting, scoring! Escalante sits on it, and Rawls somehow was ready. And I fight. And I fight over the top, and it down, it's in! Orange County equalizes! What a debut! Not only for the stadium, but for Sola Abalaji! Are you ready, Orange County? This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast and on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast that's dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I'm with you each and every episode as we talk all things Orange County Soccer Club. And joining me as he does each and every episode is Dylan from County Line Coalition. How is your day going, Dylan? It's pretty good, Ray. How's everyone doing? Well, I'm doing great uh, trying to avoid this, uh, what we like to call heat here in Southern California, though um, people around uh, other parts of the country might laugh at us for that like they always seem to do, but uh, it's going pretty well, and we have some matches coming up, which is awesome, and that's the reason we want to uh, release an episode here to talk about those, and uh, we have actually someone that's going to help us out in talking about at least one of those matches, maybe give us a little information about another opponent as well, and that is uh, Thad Bell, uh, who is from the Blue Testament, which is part of SB Nation. How's everything going for you today, Thad? I'm doing good, guys. Uh, appreciate you having me on here. Oh no, th- we we appreciate your uh, you know taking time out of your schedule to come join us and and talk soccer, talk USL soccer with us. Uh, Thad uh, and the Blue Testament they are great at covering. Uh, I think it's Sporting Kansas City is your primary uh, coverage, but then also you guys, because of the uh, affiliation there, you guys also do some work with Swope Park Rangers, who uh, Orange County will be facing this weekend, this Saturday. Uh, So again, we appreciate you joining us uh, to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, no problem. My pleasure, man. <laughs> so let's uh, we're going to get right into it. And what we're going to do is, uh, since Thad is uh, you know not local where we are, and we record this late in the evening, uh, we're recording this late Tuesday night. I know you're hearing this today, Wednesday. Um, so we're going to actually jump into the match this upcoming weekend on Saturday, which is against Swope Park Rangers. So we can get as much out of Thad as we can uh, to figure out how things are going. I know Orange County just recently faced Swope Park in uh, what was the start of a good run for them here, uh, and they beat Swope Park, I believe, four nil in that reverse fixture so uh, i'm gonna go straight to thad on that thad uh what uh what was the feeling i guess in uh on the swope park side regarding that last match that we just recently had how did how did the fans react to that or how did you know the players react to that uh, well players are never happy with losing uh much less four zero um one thing you always have to keep in mind with swope park because it is a 
a second team for Sporting Kansas City, their lineup is always changing. Um, in that match, I think they had uh, academy kids playing a lot in the midfield. Um, the Throughout the most of the season, they'd had uh, Juan Kazane uh, doing D-mid, at least for the first half of the year, and then a couple other guys filling in. I, I want to say in that match, they had a straight academy kid, right? I mean, 17-year-old kid playing in that role, and they just got ate up at that moment in that game. Oh, definitely. And I understand how it can be difficult. Um, you know, I, I, that's one of the things I know me, uh, Dylan and I have talked about a little bit in the past with the USL is some of these uh, two teams, whether they actually use the, the number two in their name or something more like Swope Park Rangers, where it is a two team, but it's sort of maybe a hidden two team. Um, as a casual fan, you may not, not may not notice that right up front. Um, but one of the things that definitely is probably difficult for fans sometimes, especially again, the more casual fan is that fluctuation of the roster on a two team as opposed to maybe a more traditional USL team, a team that's actually really going out for the USL title and not just developing players. But, um, you know, definitely Dylan and I were pretty excited about that match when we uh, got a chance to watch that. I know, uh, you know, anytime you can come home with a 4-0 victory, um, that's always a plus, especially on the road there. Um, and, and you think it was just sort of they are just giving their academy players time, or is, was it dealing with any kind of injuries or player fatigue that you know of? Or uh, I don't really remember that one being a player fatigue situation. Uh, again, I'll do credit to Orange County, man. Orange County is a very, very good team. So I don't want it to sound like I'm making total excuses. Orange County is a really good team. Uh, so just want to make that clear. Uh, but at that same time, Swope Park has been really, really good and really, really bad this year. And it has been all that fluctuation. Um, I think they've had four different goalies. They've had probably six or seven different center backs play. Uh, the outside backs have been probably two, at least two on each side, probably three on each side. Uh, D-mid has been probably four different players. I mean, it's just been a, a constant fluctuation. And even though they do practice together, uh, they'll practice with Sporting KC and the Academy kids, it's still not the same as when you, uh, you know, have that game time together, plus the just the experience level. No, definitely. I definitely understand uh, that, that thought coming out there uh, on that. Um, and... I, I'm just looking at the the standings in the USL here, um, and this could probably just have to do with what you're talking about there, the fluctuation of the roster, the giving some academy players some time. But uh, I, I believe very recently, Swope Park was a little bit higher on the table. They've dropped a little bit, and I'm looking at the uh, the recent uh, matches, the recent run of form for Swope Park, and they're on a... In the last four matches, they've only gotten one point out of those four matches, which definitely um, is probably a little disappointing for the fans um, with that. Uh, what's the fan group like there for Swill Park? I know, like you said, they're a two-team. Uh, do they still get a decent drawing from their uh, from their fans? And um, is it, uh, or does it become more difficult, especially in this sort of slump that they're in? Uh, actually, their fan base is very, very passionate, but very, very small. <laughs> um, because they are a B team, a second team, you know, all the attention goes to Sporting KC. Uh, even when you have uh, guys coming down on loan, it still doesn't draw much attention from the average Sporting Kansas City fan. I, mean, I, I swear you could probably go around and ask half the fans and they don't even realize the team exists at times, um, which is sad because, I mean, they play good soccer. They're, you know, they've been to the Western Conference Finals two years in a row. It's an entertaining team, and it's a chance to see guys who – 
will be playing for Sporting sometime in the future. But yeah, they, they have a very passionate fan base, but it is uh, pretty small. So whatever they announce, usually the reality is a couple hundred to a few hundred fans. No, I, I definitely get that. I, I know that, uh, you know, when you have some of these uh, opportunities to, um, I guess, uh, bloat the numbers of fan uh, of fan attendance for some of these teams that don't draw as well. I know like when you have a, uh, some of the teams that do draw well, uh, you know, you don't really have to do that as much. But when you have some of these teams, I mean, and, and to, to admit it, Orange County isn't one of the highest drawing teams uh, in the USL. We, we deal with that as well as far as just trying to uh, get maybe a steady supportive fan base. We do have some very hardcore supporters, especially in our supporter group, which Dylan is a part of, County Line Coalition. But, uh, you know, for the casual fan, it's a little bit difficult to try and convince them to maybe come on out to the matches. Uh, Dylan, I, I know we've talked about it a little bit, um, and uh, maybe this weekend's going to be a little different because the club is trying a little bit of a, I guess you could say, a gimmick to try and get people out to the match. Uh, Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know if gimmick is the right word necessarily but um as a i'm having a hard time i guess as a community <laughs> outreach event almost um and a way to get to drum up support amongst people who don't normally want to come see a game i'm bringing out some family that doesn't particularly care about my ramblings about this team or this team in general <laughs> but they like beer so they're gonna be there um so really quick just in case thad wasn't aware this saturday's match for orange county is going to be the first ever beer fest uh basically soccer and beer uh, they're going to have a, i think it's like 20 breweries um or i don't know if the numbers jumped up but there's gonna they're basically selling tickets for fans to come out where they get uh, to attend the beer fest which gets them unlimited tastings of the beers and the soccer match uh, which follows right after the beer fest so um maybe uh, that's gonna help draw the numbers up for us i don't know if uh you know what you think on that dylan um, if that's going to, I think it'll increase the, the attendance a little bit. Oh, definitely. I'd be expecting, oh man, depending on. Increase the number of people and probably the amount of rowdiness too. <laughs> I think the rowdiness may go up for that, especially, um, I don't know if you're familiar with our stadium, Thad, but we have the general admission section, which is basically on the goal, on one of the goal lines, just a set of bleachers and it's pretty much. Get there as early as you can if you want your seat because it's just people going for the seats now. It never gets completely filled up, but uh, I, I'm wondering if in this, because there may be a lot of people going after their, those uh, those beer fest tickets and they might just want to hang out in the uh, the general admission, uh, that we might see some routiness out there, and that's where the County Line Coalition hang out too. So uh, I don't know if you're ready for that, Dylan. <laughs> uh, well, I just want to say we don't have to worry about it being me. Um, I can't partake in the festivities, so... <laughs> You know, any any rowdiness from me is uh, it's is just true be normal. rowdiness. <laughs> yeah, it's just gonna be the normal week to week amount of, of insanity. Um, but I think um, I feel like I'm a couple years younger than a lot of the other guys in the in the group. So you know, they still have uh, jobs and <laughs> families, and they they can't just go all crazy uh, college student on a on a party as much as they'd want to. So you know, it'll be fun, and I think. Um, hopefully that, that little bit of uh, lubrication for everyone gets not only us, but uh, just casual fans maybe a little more more vocal, a little more interested in the game. 
now Thad has had as far as you know has Swope Park tried any kind of I, I, I guess we won't call it a gimmick but have they tried any kind of promotion similar to that I know uh, in Phoenix they do what's called dollar beer night which I I guess that's an amazing option too but have you have you seen anything from Swope Park where they've tried to do that to draw any fan interest or is it more they're the B team and there's not really the, the big need for that um, they have tried a few different things. Um, see, I don't know if you know the history of uh, Swope Park and where they played, but uh, just the really brief primer is their name Swope Park because they practiced and played at Swope Park, which is a really large park in Kansas City. And that's where Sporting Kansas City actually practiced up until uh, this year. And they have a small stadium there. Beautiful pitch, uh, nice little stadium, appropriate for the, the amount of fans that shows up. But because of USL standards, uh, trying to meet the whole Division II level thing, they essentially forced Swope Park out of there. Uh, so then they went to another stadium, which then they forced them out of there. But now they're playing at Children's Mercy Park, the same stadium as Sporting Kansas City. And it's pretty much they're just a lot of their games are at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, so they don't have to turn on the lights. Um, okay. <laughs> which doesn't help attendance <laughs> in that regard either. Um, their weekday games will be at night, but their weekend games are at like 4 o'clock. So they have tried some stuff in the past when it was down at Swope Park. Swope Park also doesn't have the greatest reputation. In, again, Kansas City is a really odd place. Uh, it's one city, two states. It's multiple cities, but you know they, they try to say one city, two states. And some people like, oh, we're not going to drive to Missouri, and Swope Park's dangerous. And uh, when I used to play down there, you literally <laughs> had to walk the field to check for syringes on the field. Um, wow. And one of my teammates actually got a car stolen down there one time. Uh, so yeah, it, it's it used to have a really bad reputation. So a lot of people still have that in their minds. So they didn't want to go down there. That was also where the uh, NWSL team, FC Kansas City, played, and. They had moved there after a couple other places also, and everybody's attendance just dropped when it went there, just because it, it was small, and there, all the Johnson County uh, soccer moms like, we're not going down there. So it, <laughs> it, it was okay for Swill Park, because quite honestly, Sporting KC doesn't care if they get a lot of attendance. They want people to attend, but it's not their primary mission, right? So they, it's if a thousand people showed up, they're happy. But they, they have done some of those, uh, you know, dollar beer, dollar brat nights, uh, you know, dollar brats up until halftime and, you know, a few of those things. And they actually have a uh, uh, bobblehead night coming up on the 11th, which I really want that bobblehead. So it's Adrian Zendejas, <laughs> the keeper who did really well with uh, Swill Park the last couple of years and is with boarding now, but coming down for getting games. He might be he might be the keeper that uh, plays you guys. I don't know. Well, we'll have to see on that. I know, um, you know, for both teams, there's a, there's a match that comes up before they face each other on Saturday. And, and we'll talk briefly about those uh, in, in a little bit here. But, um, you know, I definitely, uh, you know, understand what you're talking about. And, and thank you for the history on that, because, you know, me as a fan of Orange County Soccer Club, I, I had no idea, you know, how I, you know, we were joking, Dylan and I, 
uh, an episode or two ago about uh, just sort of geography, and we were just questioning uh, which uh, team was further from us. Was it Sporting Ca- or sorry, Swope Park Rangers or St. Louis FC? And we sort of figured that out by the luck or by the magic of Google, um, you know, uh, and figuring that out and 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 whatnot. But it was funny because when our two teams faced uh, a few weeks ago, my son was watching the match with me, and it, I, I'm gonna just sort of say this because you mentioned it is is he was mentioning on the the broadcast he's like why is there no one at the match and it's you know you're playing in this big mls size stadium and it's a team that's drawing maybe a thousand people like you've talked uh and and you can really notice that i guess when you're watching on the tv and i'm sure even as a fan at the stadium you can notice that which um great you get to play in this nice big beautiful stadium but sometimes it's not always the best thing sometimes it's always better to have a stadium that's more your size because i'd rather have a packed smaller stadium than a pretty much 90 percent empty gigantic stadium uh, would you agree with me on that, uh, Thad? Um, absolutely. Um, a little history on me is I've actually been a season ticket holder for Sporting Kansas City since day one of the Kansas City Wiz. Uh, so I've attended matches at Arrowhead Stadium, you know, 78,000 seats when there was 5,000 people there. That's terrible. Um, I, even when you had 20,000 people in that stadium, it was terrible. So now you go to a stadium that seats Eighteen and a half thousand. They regularly put twenty-one thousand in there, so that's magic. But um, you put a thousand people in there, and it's like nothing. It doesn't matter what you do or how loud you are. A thousand people can't make it a good environment. You put them down at Swill Park; those thousand people would be right on top of the pitch. They would be all packed in, and it would be something completely different. Yeah, we had a lot of that. Um, before the rebrand to Orange County Soccer Club, um, when they were back uh, as the Blues and playing at uh, UC Irvine, pulling a really small crowd, um, that stadium actually just has, uh, I guess, one grandstand, um, one actual seating area where, you know, I guess a, a, maybe a couple thousand tops could fit, and uh, there was nothing on the other three sides you know there's there's a track around it it's it's the college's main um track and soccer field but they actually had to have uh, a camera on a scissor lift on the other side of the field facing us because usl regulations require that um, fans are visible and that and that seats are visible um on a broadcast so you know i don't i don't know how much that's going to be particularly um, combated when you move into a stadium that seats so many more people than you used to, but I definitely get maybe this isn't the right idea for the league to be going. Um, and yeah, and the league, quite honestly, this is opinion now. This is I cannot state this as fact because I'd probably get sued or something. Um, <laughs> I'm quite confident the USL wants all the two teams to move down to USL three when that comes into play. Um, because of the optics of their lower attendance, you know, different uh, different clubs are using their teams differently. Like, the last couple of years, Sporting has played some young guys, but it's been a lot more about finding guys who might be able to come to Sporting in the next year, right? So Carlton Belmars and that kind of guys. Uh, you know, good, good USL players. You know, Christian Duke, I mean, you, you kind of know him. Um, so, you know, those kind of guys who are that bubble MLS good USL player and they found a lot of those guys and they had some kids come up through there right now they're shifting a little more focus to more academy guys 
but some of the other teams, I think, like Seattle, you know, I looked at their roster one game, you know, I think their average age was 17 on the game day roster. Uh, so it's, USL doesn't like that because they want to sell this as a Division Two, you know, team, that, you know, Division Two that matches up with Division Twos in Spain. Well, that's just not the truth, okay? So I think they're really pushing all the B teams, two teams, whatever, down. They're, they're attempting to, which is why, quite honestly, I think they jerked Swill Park Rangers around over the last year. Uh, even in the playoffs last year, all of a sudden, Sporting won the game, but now they were supposed to play away. Um, I think it was Sacramento. And so, so even though Sporting won the game and it was the higher seed, all of a sudden they scheduled the game in Sacramento. That was a – they ended up having to play that one at Children's Mercy Park also. So it's just that whole fight that's always going to be going on with USL, trying to look better than what they actually are. And I understand that's, you know, you want to put out a good image, but that's also the reality of Division II soccer. So I'm probably ranting too much. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, I mean, and it, the, it, trust me, Dylan and I have, have shared our opinions quite a bit, and it's probably not the most popular opinions from time to time. That's sort of what a podcast is for. It's for opportunity for, you know, people to listen to people, state their opinions about stuff. All right, Dylan? <laughs> yeah, and, you know, we don't get paid by the club or the USL, so, I mean, there's room. I don't have to worry necessarily too much about saying something that might not be popular with the front office or the, the league office. Um, I mean, Just as long as we're not malicious about it, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I hinted at it earlier that I don't necessarily think that forcing these two teams into bigger stadiums is great because it, it's embarrassing you know, like uh, your son said, Ray, it's embarrassing when you, you see a team and the stadium's empty because the stadium seats, you know, however many thousands and there's 2,000 there. If um, that. <laughs> if, yeah, if that. Um, maybe it's better that those teams play at at smaller fields. I remember, again, right before the rebrand to um, Orange County Soccer Club as the Blues when Swope Park knocked us out of um, out of the playoffs we're thinking okay this obviously isn't a, a soccer specific stadium but and it's small but they filled it out well and it looked a lot better than um you know i don't know how many children's mercy uh fits but you know let's say a forty thousand seat stadium that has two thousand people in it just it looks substantially worse and, and uh, you know to to just sort of piggyback on what that was saying about uh what maybe the USL, and again, this is again all opinion or speculation. It's not, you know, none of us are saying that we have the inside scoop on this, um, or we probably would be working more with ESPN or something like that. But, uh, you know, there's a legitimate argument for maybe putting the two teams in the uh, the third division league that's that USL is creating. And I think when you look at, and this maybe is where some of that speculation comes from too, is because there's you know rumors about potentially maybe an Omaha team in the USL, if or maybe. I'm just thinking that off the top of my head because maybe I've heard something about maybe that's actually happening, um, which, you know, you can then think about the need there. And it just seems like they're adding so many um, teams to the USL Division Two, um, you know, the the second tier of, of soccer USL, that there's going to be a need eventually to drop some of these teams down into um, the third tier. Uh, and uh, nothing against the two teams, but I, I, I'm... I, I, I have a hard time as a fan knowing that there's, you know, five, six, seven, eight teams in the league that are not really focused on winning the league. They're focused on developing players, which is just a little frustrating. But that's that's my opinion. Uh, you know, we're, that's what we do. We, we share our, our opinions here. Yeah. Uh, sorry, go ahead, Dylan. 
Okay, I was just gonna say, even relating that back to Swope Park, I mean, for the three years I've been following the league, I've been so impressed by their play. Oh yeah, another um, good. Yeah, and I, I know, um, is it uh, Tyler Blackwood? Is that his name? Is it Blackwood Blackman? Um, he came from Sacramento. I don't. Uh, Tyler Blackwood. Blackwood. I know he said one of the reasons that he went to Swope Park was he loved their style of play, and it's just. I mean, you might be a two-team, but it's been dominant for years. Um, or not necessarily dominant, but very competitive for years. I mean, th- pushing them down to a, a league, basically, of, of high schoolers with uh, immense talent is maybe not the right option there. But we'll see what happens. I mean, someone who makes that decision is someone who gets paid... Uh, the big bucks. <laughs> I would say a lot more than I do, which is, you know, for this job, nothing. So, <laughs> And that's... Uh, when, uh, with Sporting KC, the technical director, head coach, Peter Vermees, has stated many times, I've asked him probably 20 times, quite literally, over the last two years, about dropping down when USL 3 comes out. Uh, and he's, every time, is like, you know, no, we do not want to do that. Because even if he is playing uh, a team that's heavy academy kids, he wants them competing against the best teams. He doesn't want them competing against the the college kids and the other high school kids, he wants them competing against, you know, seasoned pros who are, you know, borderline MLS level because that's going to get them ready the quickest. Uh, Jalen Lindsay, uh, Juan Cousin, uh, Dilanco Busio, these are three homegrown guys who were all signed in the last year and have all played with Sporting Kansas City now. Jalen Lindsay's been outstanding at left back, even though he's a right back for uh, Sporting KC, and it's because he's gotten experience at playing adults. He's a U-17 national team guy, but that's playing against other kids. When he's playing against the adults, he's got the better experience. Same for Juan Cousin, who came over from St. Louis. Uh, He had a chance to play for St. Louis FC, but he came over here and went through the academy, and, and he's now, he's had a handful of games with Sporting Kansas City and was in the homegrown game tonight for MLS. So it's getting that experience, not just against other academy kids. That's where he's looking for it. And he's going to fight that every chance he gets, unless USL absolutely says no. And then he, then USL will lose a vote for maintaining the relationship with MLS, I think. Yeah, and, you know, that makes a lot of sense as well. Um, you know, an argument, excuse me, sorry, an argument can be made for both, you know, I guess it's a strong argument for both, both sides there. Um, as a, maybe a casual fan, you may not not quite understand what's going on, especially when a team it doesn't look like they're trying their hardest to win a match or win a league title. Um, and then as the, the teams that are trying to develop talent and you're seeing um, these these two teams that are doing a good job of that. I mean, cause nothing against uh, these two teams as far as what they're doing for their MLS clubs. It's, it's great. Um, but, you know, again, an argument can be made in both ways. And um, it's definitely probably a topic that we could talk about forever if we really wanted to. But, uh, you know, we don't want to have a three-hour podcast um, talking all about, you know, who should be in Division Two, who should be in Division Three, or, or whatever's there. So um, one last thing I want to do before we move on from this match is I want to just sort of get some ideas um, from Thad of maybe who's the one or two players that Orange County fans should be looking out for uh, this Saturday. Who, who should Orange County fans be scared of when we take the pitch on the 4th? Well, a lot will depend on who's in that lineup, of course, because I guess it's been pretty variable. But uh, Carlton Belmar, who I think 
think he's got like nine goals in 12 games, something like that, because uh, he's been up and down and he hasn't played every game with Swope because he's been on the bench a lot and gotten in a couple games of sporting. Uh, he's always dangerous. He's strong, fast. Uh, Haji Berry, he's, he's been doing really well. If those two are up top, then that's a pretty dangerous lineup. And uh, the aforementioned Blackwood, who hasn't scored a lot, but he's had some pretty solid play and connected up with some guys. He just it just hasn't showed up on the, the stat sheet heavily. So those if those are the front three, then you're going to have at least a little bit of a uh, of worry about what could happen. It's the the midfield will be the real question about what if they can get them the ball. Perfect. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and then last on this match, what we do anytime we try and preview matches, we try and just do maybe a match prediction of who we think is going to win and who might be the MVP. I know you've already told us who we should be scared of um, from uh, Swope Park, but uh, let's go ahead and uh, we'll start off with our guest that what do you think um, is going to be the outcome of this match? Who do you think is going to win or is it going to be a draw? Good question. Um, I'm going to go with a 2-2 draw. All right, and um, is it uh, one of those three players you were mentioning? Is gonna is that going to be like the sort of the MVP of the match then? Uh, well, I don't know about MVP, but they, sh- I would say Belmar or Barry will be at least one of the goal scorers if Swole Park scores, um, and then some other random, you know, off of a corner kick, center back kind of thing. All right, and then let's go ahead and uh, swing that on over now to Dylan. Dylan, um, what are your thoughts on this match? Who do you think is going to win? Who's going to be the uh, the player of the match? Oh, man. All right. Well, I know Andre. <laughs> Don't be too confident, and... buddy. <laughs> yeah, I guess we're, we're equally guilty for being confident and then just coming um, with, with bad results following. But I do want to say that Swope Park is a good team, so if we're playing down to Swope Park's level, that's not playing down too far. Um, not like we're playing down to Galaxy 2's level. Um, I know Andre and Christian hinted that they would be coming back towards the end of July, and uh, tomorrow is, or I guess today is the beginning of August, so um, I'm going to say that our most valuable player is going to be Andre. Um, just big prediction that he'll even uh, be back into the lineup um, and starting. Um, going to say he's going to be our biggest player, and I'll say 2-1 win uh, for Orange County. All right, and um, I'm going to, you know... I'm, I'm gonna. I guess I'm gonna have to go with uh, uh, the same thing because I was thinking the same thing that you were doing. Two uh, one Orange County. Um, I'm hoping, like you said, that they're not playing down, especially you know because they have the recent experience of how it went um, against Swope Park on the road, and it sort of seemed like an easy victory for them. I'm hoping they don't look at that and be like, okay, this isn't really a match to worry about. Um, and I'm gonna sort of go with a, a similar option for you, and I'm gonna say, you know, let's give. Christian Duke, um, the, you know, MVP or player of the match. He, um, I'm sure he wants to come out. Um, I'm sure he wants to take the pitch against his former team. And if he does get that opportunity, I can see him having a pretty, uh, pretty good match there. So, uh, it looks like the orange County guys are going for orange County and Thad is going for the draw there representing Swope park. Um, we'll see how it goes. I mean, uh, if you don't understand what was going on there, Thad, when I was telling Dylan, don't be so confident is it's just sort of this, I guess we've been, um, bad luck for the team when we've been super confident on a match, the match just doesn't seem to go the way, uh, we would hope it would. And an example would be, I was confident we would beat low dose, uh, galaxy two recently. And we got demolished by them in the match where our players didn't even show up. So, 
just wanted to share that with you, Thad. If you, it sounded weird that I was saying, don't be confident in your pick. No, no, I understand. I, uh, I kind of, I kind of have that theory in my own way of doing things too, which is why I, quite honestly, I almost always say two two draws <laughs> for almost every game that anybody asks me, like no matter what it is, because seriously, I, I, it could be sporting playing a a bottom level USL team, and they would play down to that team. Um, and the only thing I will I will argue with you guys a little bit is. It will really depend on that lineup of who's out there. You may be playing down to the team, or you may be playing up to the team. It just depends on what lineup they put out there that day. I do think it'll probably be playing a little bit down because Sporting has had so many injuries this year, which is why you've had the Lindsays and Kuzanes pulled up and Belmars on the bench and things like that. So that has been a problem. If, if Sporting was completely healthy, it would be a really good match. No, and and I definitely understand, and and I get that. So, uh, no, thank you for for sharing that, and thanks to both of you for you know making a little bit of a prediction there. Uh, I know Thad, we're, we're again we're recording late Tuesday night, and Thad's you know in the middle of the country, one of those flyover states still, and likes to talk about uh, every so often. Uh, so I don't want to keep him around too much longer, but I'm hoping maybe we can just get a couple questions really quick from from him. Uh, we have a match today. Uh, OC does against. Timbers 2, and I know Swope Park just recently had a match against them. Uh, I think this will be our first time seeing them for the season, so um, there's not much to be known on our end as far as what's going on with Timbers 2, but I just wanted to check with Thad um, if he has any you know thoughts about that team since uh, Swope Park just played them, uh, what he can maybe share uh, on there since I know myself, I'm nowhere near uh, uh, any kind of expert or even having any kind of knowledge on Timbers 2, and I don't think Dylan... Um, I think Dylan would probably be in that same um, situation with me, uh, right, Dylan? I, d- I did some Googling, so <laughs> I can tell you who's, gonna, who's in some good form. But. <laughs> well, see, Thad, are you able to maybe just give us a little, uh, you know, your thoughts, maybe one or two thoughts on Timbers 2 and what maybe uh, you can share with our fans to expect in, from that team, if you are able to? Oh, yeah, I would love to, except I don't really, I mean, I'll be honest, I don't have a lot <laughs> on them either. Um I do focus a lot on, you know, knowing my teams really well and not necessarily okay. as much about the other teams. Um, and I don't know as many of the players on that team at the moment. But, but again, because it's a two-team, you know, they have that, that flux. And, Same type of thing. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, do you know going back to that? team that you, shows up. I'm sorry. <laughs> do you know going uh, back no, to that match? Um, uh, I know you guys recently played them, I think, a few matches ago. Do you just remember, was there anything that stood out to you? You don't even have to know a name. Was there, you know, was the offense the the thing to worry about, the defense, or is it just sort of a one of those matches you might watch and forget the next day? <laughs> yeah, I really don't remember much about that match, man. Mm, um, no problem. <laughs> there's been a few days between then. Um, no, I get it. I totally yeah. understand it. Uh, I was just, you know, since you had played him recently, I was just wondering if maybe you had any information on there. Um, you know, again, you, you, we're probably in that same situation as you are. Uh, you know, it's it's it, USL itself is already hard enough to try and stay on top of because there's always so much fluctuation uh, with rosters and players getting called up and roster turnover from year to year. So it's it's one of those things where even if you remembered a team from last season, it's probably not the same team that you're playing this season based on all that stuff. And even if it's a team you played at the beginning of the season, late in the season, it's going to look different as well. So um, so let's go ahead and do this because, again, I, I don't want to keep you um, you know up too late there. In Are you in Kansas or are you in Missouri? I'm on the Missouri side. 
you're on the Missouri side. Okay, so I don't want to keep you up too late there in Missouri. So what I want to do before we uh, continue on is I want to give you an opportunity to let our listeners know if they want to um, hear more from you, learn about, uh, you know, Sporting Kansas City or Swope Park Rangers, where they can find it, that information. So if you want to let our listeners know. Yeah, uh, I write for, we call it the bluetestament.com. It used to have a different name. And when uh, I was recruited to take it over, I decided that I would cover any kind of soccer in Kansas City I wanted. And every team had blue in the color. So that's a, kind of a short version of how it's got its name, the Blue Testament. And a uh, good Catholic boy came up with that name. So hopefully nobody takes offense at it. Um, and anyway, that's the bluetestament.com. And my Twitter is the Backpost. Perfect. So once again, I want to thank you, um, Thad, for taking time out of your evening uh, to record with us for this episode to give our fans uh, a little bit more information. I know we recently played Swope Park, but still, anytime you can get some um, insider information, some history, some just sort of stuff we wouldn't be able to find out or know about, um, it's always great. And that's why we try and do this from time to time. So again, thank you so much for joining us, uh, Thad, and uh, best of luck to your your boys uh, this weekend when we face you. And uh, same to you guys. And, uh, and again, uh, hopefully Christian Duke is doing good. Uh, I heard he was. I don't. I I heard something happened to him, but I never actually was able to look up exactly what. So, what did happen to Christian? <laughs> you're well, you're opening up a big old bag of anti USL referee stuff here. Um, do you want to share, Dylan? Sure. Um, Christian <laughs> got his nose broken from a Galaxy Two defender um, in their match about a month ago, and. So yeah, I think this and week no he was, and, yeah, and, and no call. It was a drop ball on a a, a late challenge to the head. So um, I will leave it at that. But uh, <laughs> he should be coming back about now. He had surgery to um, fix a deviated correct. septum or correct, yeah, yes, um, correct his uh, his bridge and, and probably something about the septum. I don't exactly remember what he said. It's been a few weeks. <laughs> There's been a few games. Been a few podcasts. Um, it- but he should be and back. Thad, and Thad, why I'm saying you're opening up this big old bag is it was a play that happened right in front of Countyland Coalition there on that side of the pitch. And Christian Duke got his head on the ball and literally like a second later, maybe not literally, maybe a half a second later. But it wasn't like this like boom, boom play. It was a boom, boom play where Christian Duke got his head on the ball and then the LA Galaxy defender with the ball nowhere near just gets Christian Duke right like in the middle of the face nose breaks nose and whatnot and like we were saying no call was made no no penalty no foul no uh, card or anything like that it was basically just like let's stop play because there's an injury and then let's do a drop ball so that's that's what happened with Christian Duke Uh, but hopefully he's back for the match I'm sure um, some of your fans uh, would would love to be able to see him uh, play even if it's for the opponent Um, it's a great player we really wish him, you know, success and luck. He's a class guy, uh, great guy, uh, good player. He just, his future was just not going to be with Sporting KC, unfortunately. So that's that's why he ended up, uh, you know, moving on. I think, you know, go try to catch on somewhere else. But he's, like I said, he's a class guy. He's represented this city really well when he's played for us. And I hope he does well. So do we. <laughs> well, uh, again, Thad, uh, thank you very much uh, for joining us. And um, yeah, you know, maybe we can do this again in the future uh, when these two teams possibly uh, face each other. Maybe if, uh, if both teams are, are alive in the playoffs, maybe we'll have a little playoff uh, preview or something like that. So, no, I would, I would love to join you guys. Just uh, send me a message, man. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks. 
All right. So that was that over there from the Blue Testament. Again, part of SB Nation. And I guess this can just be a little plug opportunity for myself. Um, Want to remind everyone that you can uh, find our podcast, plus a lot of Orange County Soccer Club news on uh, uh, another SB Nation site, which is Angels on Parade. AngelsonParade.com is part of SB Nation. uh, And they've been covering Orange County for quite some time now. Um, And it's a great place to get information because they always have information for the fans, um, along with LAFC information, which is our MLS affiliate, if you want to look at that as well. Uh, And also we're part of the Beautiful Game Network, BGN.FM, a lot of great USL podcasts, a lot of uh, some good soccer podcasts. And uh, BGN uh, just recently started uh, getting into the uh, writing, uh, I guess, business or or what you want to call it. They actually have BGN written now, which is an option for those of you that like to read information and not just listen to it. Uh, so you can follow both of those on Twitter. Twitter for the Beautiful Game Network is at the BGN. Um, I think is it at the BGN something. I don't know. Uh, uh, let me pull it up because I'm just trying a blank on this. Uh, but uh, so yeah, Beautiful Game Network on, well, their website is bgn.fm. And then um, their Twitter handle is, uh, what is it? It's not coming up now. Now I'm getting the other one. If you want to find out their written information, you can go to their Twitter there and you can follow that. And that's at BGN Written. And uh, I think the Twitter handle for just the podcast portion of it is the BGN. Um, let's see. The BGN.FM. At the BGN.FM. So go to either of those opportunities. Angels on Parade, Beautiful Gay Network, to listen and read great information, not just on Orange uh, County Soccer Club, but USL in general. All right. So, Dylan, let's try and talk briefly here, I guess, about um, Portland like we were sharing with Thad and, you know, Thad sort of is in our shoes. There's not much to know about them as far as an outsider. Um, I do know that uh, they recently lost to LA Galaxy, I believe, or did they win? Hmm. They they beat LA Galaxy. Yes, four to three in a shootout. And uh, I was listening to, I want to say it was the the USL show, one of the BGN podcast, and I think they briefly talked about that match a little bit, that it was pretty much offense on offense. The defense was pretty much not there on both sides. Um, which I guess as an Orange County fan, hopefully maybe that's a similar thing is there's no defense from Timbers 2 because, man, I would love to see, you know, a nice, you know, scoring outburst for some of these guys uh, and get back in the win column. What are your thoughts, Dylan? Yeah, um, though I want to say that I don't want a game. Well, I guess it could be fun to see a game tomorrow afternoon, this afternoon, or yesterday afternoon, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. Um, that is like the Galaxy game in regards to the back-and-forth scoring, but uh, I would love to see Orange County put three or four um, in the back of the net. Uh, I'd love to see Ennevoldson just really open up a couple goal difference in the in the Golden Boot race. Um, trying to think of who else. Maybe Godoy knocking in a few other ones. Uh, I mean, Bierman's been in amazing form, um, so maybe we'll see him on the score sheet. Um but yeah, I'm I'm hoping for, you know, like a nice five six nil victory for Orange County. Um, but realistically, maybe two two three goals is is a good uh, good amount to expect. No, definitely. And, and hey, who who doesn't want Innovolton, um to get a goal and you know, get back on top of that uh, that Golden Boot race? Uh, the weird thing about this match, I guess, it's not weird. I mean, I think 
you probably have one of these a season is the, the kickoff time. Um, I don't know how many of y'all are um, listening to this, heading out to the stadium for the match today. Um, how many of you are even going to attend the match at the stadium? Uh, apparently it's camp day at the stadium, so there's probably going to be a bunch of kids at the stadium. So I don't know uh, how many times I can say stadium in 30 seconds, but apparently I just keep saying that. Uh, so I don't know what the atmosphere is going to be like. Um, you know, if you're going to have maybe a lot of people there, but it's going to be a lot of um, campers, kids that are going to be fighting over the bounce house instead of trying to watch soccer. Um, you know, so, you know, I, I don't know. What do you think, Dylan? Is is, is there going to be an impact on the uh, the crowd because of the kickoff time and because of the uh, promotion going on there? Well, definitely. If they had this game and there wasn't a bunch of um, camps in Orange County and, and probably mostly just in Irvine to populate it, no one no one would show up that you know there might be 30 of us there um i'm lucky to be getting out of school early i know some people are taking long lunches uh, a couple guys are taking half days i think we're just taking the day off but you know without <laughs> maybe you know i'm expecting like a thousand kids uh, this game would look um and no <laughs> empty to thad who recently left us but it would look yeah kind of like a swope park match at children's mercy park there would just be a few people um but yeah, there will definitely be a lot of kids, and, and I think kind of everyone around the league does this. I don't think it's actually a bad thing for the league. Um, get the attendance numbers up a little bit for the league, so they're happy with that. Hook those kids and, in young. Yeah, you know, and that's them, the other part of it. Get them wanting it every single time. Interested, um, you know, it, we don't have to look for needles on our field, um, so they're not getting <laughs> hooked on that. But you know, hopefully, they're getting hooked on what I would say is the best uh, best sport around. Uh, the beautiful if you're game. If you listen to this podcast, you probably agree, so you don't even have to argue with me about it. But if you do, uh, tweet at us or something. Um, now, are, is uh, County Line up there. is County Line Coalition going to be on their good behavior then, because there's going to be all these kids, or can we still expect some of the crazy rowdiness that we get uh, at every match? Uh, I think you could still expect that crazy rowdiness. I mean, we're not hooligans. We're not going out and like getting into the fights in the parking lot or anything. Um, we're just a group that loves this team and, and loves to uh to have a good time and, and watch some some good product on the pitch um i think this game affords a pretty good opportunity for that and you know whenever there's a, a large group or a different group around this we, we try and get them uh involved and, and get them in so if there's any kids sitting by us we'll you know we'll probably hand off some flags or, or get some of them to drum and teach them some songs and you know just Get them hooked that way too. Uh, everything's more fun when you're yelling, I think. So, I think seven year olds probably uh, would agree. Yeah, I'm trying to. Uh, my my kids go to the YMCA summer camp uh, during the summertime, and I actually just sort of dropped the information to one of the, uh, I guess, the teachers or whatever they're called uh, for next summer. Maybe if Orange County does one of these again next summer, maybe they can talk. Uh, we can talk my son's YMCA to to come on out there because. I think this week they're going to Castle Park out in Riverside, which I have no idea why they'd want to do that drive on a weekday uh, in the heat. heat. <laughs> it's like going to be like 100 okay, degrees out there. Everyone else who listens to another USL podcast is going to be going, 100 degrees. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> say I was the one that sent out the tweet last week, and you guys just roasted us um, <laughs> even more than the weather did. But it's fine. It's hot here. Uh, it happens. But this is the Inland Empire heat. The Inland Empire yeah, heat is worse. It's, uh, it might that as well might be, be Phoenix at that point. Yeah, there you go. It's supposed to be like 100 degrees, and they're going to be outside on these little rinky-dink carnival rides. Castle Park is 
I mean, I guess in some of these cities, Castle Park would be considered a great theme park. But when you live in a place that has Disneyland, Knott's Berry Farm, Magic Mountain, uh, you know, what am I forgetting? I know there's others, the beach and, and whatnot. Uh, you know, even like, you know, you go to Santa Monica Pier, the rides are better uh, there than you get at something like Castle Park. But I guess for kids that are like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old, Castle Park might be this, this amazing, amazing place. But I, I still don't get why they want to travel all the way out there. Uh, we have to drop off the kids like at 7 a.m. and we pick them up at 6 p.m., um, which is basically when camp, uh, the, the summer camp opens and closes. So, um, But, yeah, I'm trying to drop the hint. Maybe uh, they can come out next week. Um, but, yeah, so 1230 – it's 12.30 kickoff, right, or is it 12? 12, 12.30. Uh, 12.30, I believe. 12.30 oh, at Championship really Soccer Stadium. I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, uh, while Dylan's confirming that, um, Timbers 2, Orange County – 12.30 or 12 o'clock, one of those two. We're going to get the confirmation from Dylan here. 12.30. Uh, 12.30 kickoff. Uh, so you can watch the match there at Championship Soccer Stadium. Um, try and teach some of these kids how to be uh, become new fans of the team. Uh, and um, I'm hoping for a good result. Uh, Timbers 2 were sitting a little bit higher on the table earlier on in the season, but they've sort of dropped down and are maybe getting more into that level or that area of the table where you might expect um, them. I, I expected them maybe even a little bit lower than they are. Um, but who knows? There's still a, f- a couple months left in the season. Could definitely see that drop uh, even further. Uh, what are your I thoughts, mean, Dylan? What are your? They were, I Go think. Ahead. What uh, if they I think lost they were second and... at one point. Yeah, I think they were. They were pretty high up there, and I was. Oh, what's going on this year? What is this year to year shift? I think they're about a couple points above or, or tied on points with uh, teams below them, which I think right now is actually like Swope Park. Um, I think. San Antonio yeah, and Fresno are around there. Yep. Um, so if you know if results don't go Portland's way tomorrow, uh, fingers crossed for that one. And results go other ways for other teams. Well, you know they might be down into ninth place. Um, I don't know about that because Fresno, Fresno and Colorado Springs are ninth and tenth, and they've played already twenty three and twenty four games. Um, somehow they've just decided, hey, we're going to play a bunch more matches than everyone else. Uh, so even if they were to lose, they the I guess with the game in hand, I guess you can't really count that. Um, so yeah, they, I guess they yeah, could guess be sitting at ninth, right? Um, Who knows? But they, I feel like they, um, and I don't feel like this is particularly uh, rude or demeaning to them. Um, they're not a top level USL team, uh, and, and sixth place, I would say, is probably a pretty, a pretty good place for them to be this at this point in the season. Um, I'll give a little shout out to one of their players, um, Foster Langsdorf, who signed as a homegrown player from uh, Stanford this this spring, I think. Um, and he's been in very, very good form the last few games. Uh, I know he scored two against Los Dos, and I think he's bagged a few more uh, throughout. So um, I think, you know, when you've got a guy uh, of that quality, um, even though he's young, I think he's 22, um, if he's in form and he's scoring goals, then that's going to carry you up because every three-point performance gets you that much higher and and uh, as the season winds down and gets closer to the postseason that's three points that might mean you're playing in october all right so um let's not be too confident here dylan but what are your thoughts on the outcome of this match who do you think is going to win um who are you looking at i guess as a potential player of the match um i'll give it a three one to orange county Player of the match, you know, I'll give it to Enna Voltson. 
Um, I'll say he'll bag two, and you know, of course, um, right there behind him will be um, Aiden Quinn to set him up. All right, um, I'm gonna go with a different outcome. I'm I'm still going Orange County gonna win, uh, but I'm gonna say one nil. And I'm not saying that because I think it's going to be this really tight competitive match. I'm saying that because it's a weird kickoff time in the middle of the week. Uh, typically when these players would be practicing, um, from what I know with the practicing schedule, they usually practice on Wednesdays. Uh, and I'm thinking, I'm just thinking back when I think of like my basketball fandom, when I'm watching like these weird tip-off times, uh, it takes like one or two quarters for these teams to sort of figure out, oh yeah, this is an actual game, not just practice or not just a, a scrimmage. So... I'm going to say 1-0, and I'm going to say 1-0 because it's going to be a little bit of this sloppy uh, first half, and it'll be the second half where you know Orange County sort of turns it on and, and realizes they're playing a competitive match uh, and they need a goal to win. Uh, my goal score for this match, I'm going to call, uh, let's say Michael Seaton. I think he'll, he'll get a goal for us um, out there. And uh, again, whether it's uh, today's match or the match this weekend, looking hopefully looking for the return or looking at the return of one or both of Christian Duke and Andre Rolls out into the uh, the pitch. So um, please let it be both. <laughs> well, yes, of course. I mean, who wouldn't want it to be both, but uh, you know, at least, you know, maybe you ease, you know, ease them in. I don't know, but hopefully at least in one of these two matches, we're going to see the return of one or both of these players um, and uh, start heading down the stretch there to the, towards the end of the season and hoping uh, we can either keep our positioning or move on up the table. All right. So without a match to review with only matches to preview, we still did a good 50 minutes here of podcasting uh, for you guys to listen to. So that's uh, some good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for uh, letting me into your, your car or your headphones or your speakers um, for yet another hour of your week <laughs> it, uh, and and i want to thank you too for listening uh for those of you that have been listening for uh from the beginning thanks for coming back each and every episode for those of you that are new to us thanks for joining us checking us out if you liked what you heard check some of our older episodes heck even if you didn't really like what you heard listen to some of our old, some of our older episodes maybe those ones are more your cup of tea um and you know remember our partners go check them out angels on parade beautiful game network uh, hmm, what else? Is there anything I'm forgetting, Dylan? Um, head out to Beer Fest? I'll do a little shout-out. Yeah, do your shout-out. Do shout I'll do a little shout-out for the club. Um, if you haven't gotten your tickets for Beer Fest yet, and you like beer, I don't know why you wouldn't, um, go to the game. You know, you get soccer, you get beer. I, those are two of my favorite things, so why not have at it? There you go. And, um, you know, with that, I want to I want to thank uh, Thad again once more for joining us, taking some time out of his evening out there in Missouri. Um, again, Thad writes for the Blue Testament, uh, which apparently covers all things soccer in, in the Kansas City area. Uh, and uh, check them out, part of SB Nation. And, and last words for me, uh, man, I don't think I have any last words except for you know, Tottenham had a great uh, international oh, Champions Cup or whatever the heck this preseason funniness is. Uh, I think they went it's two nothing, and one. I think in the end, <laughs> it's nothing. I, I don't mean, know what any of it is supposed to mean. I, I truly don't. Some random team that decided they wanted to try a little bit harder than these other teams in these exhibition matches gets to ho hoist up a trophy at the end of it all. Um, I know Tottenham was missing like half of their starting lineup or pretty much half of their starting 11 and some of their key pieces because they all went far in the World Cup. 
Um, did they uh, did they win a trophy though? I don't know. I didn't really pay much well, attention to not. it. I know they won two of their matches and they lost the third match um, because apparently in this tournament uh, you play ninety minutes and if it's tied you go into penalty shootout. You don't even do extra time. Um, it just goes straight to a penalty shootout and Barcelona's basically the Barcelona B team was the team we were playing against and all these like 17, 18, 19 year olds were just, you know, getting into the net. Oh, and, and Malcolm, I think their new signing, um, got one of those penalties. So, but yeah, so, uh, looking forward to the Premier League coming back because then you got some competitive English soccer there, but in the meantime, I'm still following, uh, Orange County. I'll keep following Orange County even when, uh, Premier, the, the awesome thing with it is Premier League games are like at four, five, six in the morning. So they yeah, do. You can bookend your day with soccer. <laughs> There's no way That's that the those way matches compete with each other. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, well, again, thanks for listening to us. Uh, you know, hopefully these two matches go in Orange County's favor and we're six points more by the next time you hear from us. And with that said, uh, this is Ray for Dylan, the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, and we're signing off. Podcasts are a great way for your business to advertise to target audiences. And the Orange and Black Soccer Cast is looking for advertisers like you. If you're interested in advertising your business on our podcast, please email us at info at orangeandblacksoccercast.com.